folks welcome back to the norwood noise podcast it is wednesday january 4th graham and i took a little holiday break um it's just because simply there was not that much to talk about last week um and then we talked about doing you know a little bit more of a, of a special episode type of deal but we felt that this kind of season you know mid-season catch-up i guess would, would kind of be best this week when we have um, a few more results to talk about kind of that opening of conference play has kind of gotten underway um, so looking forward to breaking that down, kind of the opening of conference play for a lot of these teams. Um, we got a special little segment tonight we're going to go through and kind of each pick out some teams that we feel have, you know, really overperformed and we think have, you know, really good upside the rest of the season and some teams that maybe are highly rated right now and, and we don't think have a, as big of upside as maybe expected. So we'll get into that, all that later. Um, but first of all, Graham, want to welcome you in. Um, how's Columbus? You know, we're we're just you know less than a couple of days away from being back in person together. Very excited about that. Um, but how you doing? And uh, will you be attending uh, Value City Arena tomorrow night for the uh, top twenty-five matchup there? Oh yeah. Um, well, it's good to be home, you know. But after you know seeing all the people you want to see, the eating the food you want to eat, going to the places you want to see, um, you're just like sitting in your room. And just like, all right, well, now what? You know, now, you know, I'm itching back to go back to Xavier. Um, was fortunate enough to go to the UConn Xavier game, which was an unreal experience. And like, once I was immersed back on campus, you know, walking around in the arena, you know, with all the 10,000 people screaming, it was like, all right, I'm ready to go back, you know. And it made For me sure. really settle in how much I miss it. Um, and you know, I I needed a little recharge. You know, I got that. I did all the things I wanted to do. So now I'm just itching back to get back to Nor- beautiful Norwood, Ohio. <laughs> Good stuff. And, you gonna be in Value City tomorrow? Um, no. I, <laughs> okay. Long story short, no. Um, I seriously considered it and was on the StubHub website. Um, <laughs> and ticket Those prices. Damn fees. Yeah, the, the ticket prices went up. Um, I was looking around like 13 a week ago before fees, and it went up to around 35 um, before fees, and I didn't even check out to see how bad they were because I was like, I'm not spending yeah, above. That's, that's I'm, 60 bucks. I'm not spending above 30 and of course I'd want popcorn you know, or a drink or something. Right. It's like I like having both my kidneys not looking forward to getting rid of one in order to get a large <laughs> Coke. Um, so we decided no on Value City Arena. Heard, heard. All right, well, it'll be a good game in Columbus tomorrow night, nonetheless. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Quick, like, just going to bang out these um, results from the past week. 
We'll start last Wednesday um, on the 28th of December. You know, the last day of, of real note, um, or, the, or I guess the first day of real note after the Christmas break. Um, big one, really, the big the big two, really, both coming out of the SEC. Um, Missouri getting the win over Kentucky, and, and we'll get into Coach Cal and, and the future of Kentucky later, but we were kind of talking pre-pod. A lot of negative attention around the Kentucky program right now, um, understandably for a lot of those fans, um, but interesting to kind of see what Calipari's future looks like. Um, going forward, and then LSU getting the win over Arkansas. I think that Arkansas team is still good, um, but a little shaky there um, it, uh, in a tough road game. Those, those road conference games are always difficult. I mean, we, we know that, obviously. Um, so, yeah, definitely a one to note there. And then uh, Xavier, obviously, taking care of business. Um, beating St. John's on the road. I told my dad <laughs> before the game, and Graham, I don't know if we talked about this too, but uh, I told him, I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be like an 85-80 type of game. You know, a lot of, lot of scoring, not a lot of defense. Um, Final score was 84-79, so um, definitely had a, had a good feel on that one. Uh, just quick kudos to the Fox broadcast. The all-access was awesome. I loved it. Listening to both coaches, but, but you know, obviously more so listen, listen to the big cat, Sean. Um, you know, really get into it and, and get surgical, you know, with, with making in-game adjustments. And I loved watching him call stuff out, you know, pulling one guy over, pulling Jack over, saying, "Hey, you know, they're going, they're going, they're letting you go one on one. So, you know, if you if you have the chance to take them down low, great. If not, look opposite. They're, you know, they're helping on that backside, whatever. You know, watching them and then, and then him being like, "Yo, tell Zach that too," and then watching them, you know, execute that on the next play was so cool. Like I I loved that moment. So, um, just want to shout that out. Good good on Fox for doing that. Um, and giving us a great opportunity there. Um, Friday the 30th, uh, Pitt uh, got their first of two big wins over this past week, um, and we'll talk more about the uh, the Panthers later, uh, but they got a good win over North Carolina, 76-74 at home, um, and that rolled us into the weekend. So we'll get to the Saturday slate in a second, but Graham, on, the, on that kind of midweek stuff last week, um, any big takeaways there um, for you uh, outside of, of course, your, your Panthers that we'll talk about later? Uh yeah. Um first of all, um why is Gonzaga playing Eastern Oregon? Um <laughs> this late in the season. To 42. Yeah. I mean I'd rather watch paint dry. Um move on. Um I think the Kentucky Missouri game says more about Missouri. Um Missouri is fortunate enough to play their uh, cross state rival and you know no one wants to play Kansas. And I think, I mean, that being their only loss is really telling that this is a very good team. Um, unbelievable job by uh, Gates in his first year to take a program that hasn't been able to do anything. I mean, they secured um, you know, the number one uh, ranked recruit in Michael Porter Jr. He suffered with injury, and then I just feel like they just have been on a constant downhill and then to take a coach that, um, while he's done surprisingly well at Cleveland State, it wasn't like, oh, this guy's from, you know, a really good program. You know, kind of taking a risk on this guy has paid off immensely. I've been very impressed with uh, Missouri so far. Um, moving on to Friday the 30th, um, I loved the fact that um, 
Pittsburgh, North Carolina got together, I thought that was a great opportunity for North Carolina. Um, you know, they were finally ranked again to, you know, play a very solid team. Um, and, you know, they really just got on top quick, you know, very um, prominent game from Armando Baycott. Uh, you know, North Carolina has been very, under, like, underwhelming this year, um, you know, with four losses going into this game. And the fact that um, Pittsburgh was able to, you know, uh, adjust, you know, get back on, on, under the ropes and um, finish strong late down the stretch. It was all Pittsburgh, uh, what would be like the fourth quarter equivalent um, on Friday. Well, good stuff. Great takeaways there. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, and again, we'll talk about Pitt more later. Um, but they've really shown some teeth. Uh, here coming out early in the in the conference play, which is it's always interesting to see, you know, what teams start the season hot, you know, non-con, and what teams can really start the conference play hot because obviously conference play very very difficult for a lot of teams, especially in those power five six conferences. Um, definitely interesting to see what uh, what the Panthers have started out with here. Um, our our dream is dead. Uh, Kentucky rolled Louisville, unfortunately, winning by twenty three. Um, I saw a tweet. Uh, Saturday morning before that game was like, uh, you know, I feel like lighting $20 on fire, and it was like Louisville plus 2200 or whatever it was um, for them on Moneyline to win that game, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, TCU gets a good win at home against Texas Tech. Xavier, obviously, kind of the, I would say the headline of the day, um, taking down number two, UConn, giving them their first loss of the season. We'll get to that later in the Musketeer event, but really awesome, and I'll let Graham kind of take that one away. He was there for it in person. Great game, though, from the Musketeers. Iowa State upset Baylor, um, getting themselves back in the top 25. Um, 77-62, good win for them at home at Hilton. Um, again, I think that's just what the what the Big 12 is going to be this year. It's just going to be a slaughter fest. I mean, I, I watched a couple games tonight that were, you know, those kind of middle of the table to, to higher end um, Big 12 teams just playing really, really tough competitive games. I, I don't think it matters where teams are in the standings at any point. You know, it could be the best team in the in the league and the in the worst team in the league and you know and the best team could be at home and it's still going to be a, a tight game so um yeah even obviously as a kansas fan kind of looking ahead i was looking at the schedule and i was like man there's not um there's not one game in there that i'm like that's an easy game you know there, there's not a single one in there it sets up well like that for us um and I think that's just goes to show the strength of schedule and, and, and the strength of, you know, the home court advantages in, in the conference as well. ESPN's BPI index, I was looking at it uh, earlier this, you know, right before conference play started. Um, and the 10 most difficult remaining schedules um, at the start of January um, were held by the 10 Big 12 teams, which is pretty impressive. So um, obviously a lot of very difficult games ahead for any Big 12 team. Um, speaking of Kansas, they did get a great comeback when they were down 45 to 30 at half to Oklahoma State. Came back and won 69-67. That was an awesome game. Great resilience from the Hawks there. Um, <clears throat> and then Kansas State uh, won in overtime at home against West Virginia. Um, and then we'll get to more to them later. Um, but they had a big statement win earlier this week, uh, beating uh, Texas on the road. So we'll get into that later. Um, and then of course the <laughs> the other one that went totally under the radar for me i didn't even know this game was happening it was monday night it was um january 2nd um obviously some nfl news taking you know much more precedent that evening um but yeah i just didn't even know the game was happening and rutgers has been known to be a number one killer 
Um, and they did the same thing last year, except it was at home for them this past year. This time they go into West Lafayette, beat number one Purdue, um, and give them uh, their first loss of the season. So um, that was a fun one as well. So from those weekend highlights, Graham, what did you, know, you take away, especially from you know great slate Saturday? I love the Saturday slate. On top of that, two great college football games in the afternoon and evening. Um, what are your big takeaways from the weekend? Yeah, Saturday was a very enjoyable day for sports. Um, yeah, first of all, um, Arizona, Arizona State, I think, is one of the more underrated rivalries in college basketball right now. Um, Arizona State's had a very confusing year. They kind of decide uh, the day of if they want to be good or not. And, um, they, you know, they really you know gave arizona a good push um especially in the second half they were inching it closer but arizona i think um is my number one team in the nation right now just absolutely unbelievable um how efficient they are in offense and now as as it's getting towards a conference play they've really buckled down defensively um when they played tennessee um a couple weeks ago we joked about how it was like offense versus defense and now Arizona's up to the 55th uh, best defense in the nation, according to Ken Palm. Um, I've really started to piece it together once they've played, you know, their weekly conference opponents, which is a great time to turn it on when the games matter most. Um, Arizona's been unbelievable this year. Um, just to add a, a one more thing, um, Kansas State, West Virginia, um, you know, I'm kind of going to be a casual West Virginia fan this year um, because um, out of the four best teams we played in non-conference play, uh, West Virginia was the only team that we were fortunate enough to get a win out of. So we really need them to, you know, turn it up this year. Um, but Kansas State and those beautiful purple jerseys. Um, Dude, those lavender. I, I and You know I'm a Kansas fan through and through, and I hate everything about Little Brother Kansas State those lavender uniforms are sweet yeah they're just doing it right over there um looking absolutely unbelievable and Rutgers Purdue again I was like you um I wasn't really watching much sports at all and then you know I just went on my phone and it was all um just like the catastrophic news with Jamar Hamlin um and his injury during the game and then, like, even below that, it was just, you know, Donovan Mitchell stuff. I mean, he had 70, right. 71, 71. 71, like, the like the, mo- the second most in the modern era, and barely anyone was talking about that. And then, below all that, being a Golden State Warriors fan, I was, you know, casually watching a double overtime game that was a, a tip from the best center in the NBA, Kevon Looney, away from being a triple overtime game. And then after all that, I was able to finally see that Rutgers just won on a buzzer beater to the number one team in the nation on the road. Um, yeah. So I, I wish I, w- I was able to watch that game just because it seemed to be very like neck and neck, hard fought game for both teams. Um, but awesome that Rutgers was able to pull away a win. I love that this loss for Purdue comes right after the UConn loss to Xavier because that really just shakes things up. No more undefeated teams um, in the Power well, Six. At, at that time, we, we did still have one undefeated team. No, in the but Power anymore, Six. New Mexico wasn't going to get ranked one. Um, Lobos. 
but now you know you just level the playing field and um, opens up a lot more and these games just start to become that much more important uh, because people are going to be battling for the best resumes as we inch towards March totally agree um, alright let's get into last night and tonight um, Kansas another resilient road win dude that game was awesome and, and this is not from I mean obviously there's some bias in that but um, I loved watching this game from start to finish so many great moments in that game and I, I was I don't know if I I can't remember if I texted you this or somebody else but I just love watching Texas Tech basketball I think Mark Adams is a phenomenal coach they play such aggressive defense they play hard you know just very disciplined defense but at the same time they dunk a lot and they shoot a lot of threes and it's just like straight up from a neutral perspective like I love watching their brand of basketball and they gave us a run for their money last night um, Kansas kind of controlled the game the whole time. It felt like outside of the early run. And then slowly, slowly, Texas Tech creeped back. Um, Hawks were resilient, though, came out with a win, 75-72. Um, and, and, you know, ending on an emphatic K.J. Adams dunk, which was also awesome. Um, so, yeah, just to have all that going on, you know, and with the background of, you know, current ESPN and BPI and Lunardi projections kind of saying that, um, you know, Texas Tech might be the quote-unquote worst team in the conference this year, and that's the fact that they just took, you know, a national championship contender to the brink. Um, it just goes to show that, again, you know, further proving that conference is legit. Um, and then, again, kind of our next result down there, Kansas State on the road at Texas, a game that I kind of yawned at when I looked at the schedule. They go in there and roll them by 13, and not only do they do that, they score 116 points. I mean, that was unbelievable. There was zero defense played, obviously. Um, but, again, great lavender uniforms and another good win um, for uh, the Wildcats. And then, of course, Pitt going in, getting that road win. Again, we'll get to the Panthers later um, and touch on them more. But uh, Pittsburgh does well to get a, a great home win against Virginia. Um, again, I think Virginia is a solid team, but, you know, couple more of these slip-ups you, you gotta be careful here you gotta, you gotta stay relevant here early on in conference play um so virginia needs to kind of sell it and, and get things going on in the right direction there um and then the nightcap i i, I kind of noted it like oh you know undefeated new mexico's playing um they're playing you know at fresno state um but I, that was about all i you know thought about it and then i woke up this morning and oh shoot you know lobos lost by four um and that's it for undefeated teams um this season and then tonight's slate was ridiculous i'm not kidding you i sat down at 5 30 and i watched every game until um until the tcu baylor game ended so phenomenal slate tonight um a lot of sneaky good games not ones that you look at right off the cuff and be like oh this is gonna be a great game but a lot of sneaky good games watch the start at nc state duke nc state came out and punched them in the mouth they're up 20 to 2 early on in the game um they they had f- <laughs> NC State had 30 points off turnovers. That's apparently the most, or the first time they've the Dukes allowed that in over 15 seasons, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, Georgia, great win against Auburn, um, 76-64, 12 point win at home. Again, who know like who knows what the middle of that SEC is going to look like? Because again, I think Auburn's one of those teams that you know preseason projections were saying they're going to be great, um, and they've kind of slipped down a little bit. Haven't had a lot of really good statement wins, and then you know you're losing tough ones like that. Um, always difficult to rebound from that. Iowa State goes on the road, gets a great road win at Oklahoma. That's key for their resume. Way to keep things rolling there for the Cyclones after the big upset win over Baylor on the weekend. Um, Georgia Tech invites Miami in. 
um, to take them out 76-70. Great win for the Yellow Jackets. Again, they're 500. Probably not going to be an at-large bid this year. You know, going to need another Josh Pastner type situation. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a, little, a little ACC tournament run to, to even be relevant to the tournament. But, um, again, a, a tough one for Miami. You know, you if you want to be conservative with those top 10, top 15 teams, you can't be dropping ones like that on the road. Um, Missouri and Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas won 74-68, um, which looks like, you know, a fairly, you know, well-handled victory. It was not. Missouri was up basically the whole game, and then Arkansas kind of flipped it with about eight minutes to go um, and, and really turned it on down the stretch. And then the two nightcap games were awesome. Uh, UConn-Providence. Um, Providence really taking it to the Huskies, winning by 12. Um, they definitely controlled the game from the outside and throughout the whole game. Um, UConn never really got it too close. Um you know, and it just felt like it was it was the Friars game to lose tonight. So definitely enjoyed watching that one. Um, really hectic, up, upbeat, you know, fast-paced basketball, which was awesome. And then, yeah, TCU sneaking out a win, 88-87, um, in Waco tonight against Baylor. Uh, you know, Baylor led the whole way. They were up 10 at half, um, and kind of led the whole way in the second half. And uh, Mike Miles just had one of, one of those games that, you know, is just unbelievable out of him. A lot of what we saw in the tournament last year, kind of late in the season, they had a couple games against Kansas that, you know, he really turned up. Um, he had 30 points uh, last, uh, tonight, and it, and it was an awesome performance. Great finish down the stretch. TCU hit a couple big-time shots that were awesome to see live and just see him silence the crowd. And then Baylor, they got the shot they wanted. They had an open layup um, to tie the game and then a, and then a great, gritty defensive play uh, by TCU just to get a tip on it. Uh, just enough to to knock it away and, and end the game. So great win for the Horn Frogs on the road, and that's that's a big time one come to March. That's a seed line difference game. And now, you, if you're Baylor, I mean you're ten and four at 19th in the country. You you know got to be worried about dropping out of the rankings here. Um, again, not that that's the end of the world for the for the Bears, but um, you know definitely got to stay within you know between TCU, Texas, Kansas, and and I think Baylor. Those are gonna be the four teams really fighting towards the end of the season for that. Um, for that Big 12 title, that regular season title, but Baylor's at the point now where you know you get back-to-back losses, you got to kind of steady things here before uh, before you continue on much longer into the season. So, anywho, those are my thoughts um, on these last two nights of basketball. It's been a good midweek here. I've really enjoyed that. Um, Graham, what are your big takeaways? What what did you see that you enjoyed? Um, and you know anything that I missed there? Um, sadly, that New Mexico drops their first game of the season right <laughs> when they had a moment of glory. Um, I, I had a funny feeling that, you know, Fresno State just had enough going on to upset them after, um, New Mexico tweeted the, or retweeted the undefeated map with just them. Oh, I didn't see that. You can't do that. Come on. What are you, like, retweeting, like, a Reddit meme? Like, right, <laughs> right. You you have a brand. That's to like sell. retweeting the imperialism map. Yeah, it's the same guy, Joey Luce. Yeah, same guy. That is unbelievable. Um, moving on really quickly. Uh, Mississippi State hasn't been able to get a, a a win in the SEC quite yet. They're on a little bit of a skid once they started playing. Um, you know, the hard stuff. I mean, we talked Legit about competition. Yeah, we talked about this earlier couple weeks ago like oh mississippi state only has one loss 
Um, you know, they're looking pretty good and undefeated, you know, for a while. And then we were looking at the next few games, and they had some tough mid-majors, and then they opened up the season with Alabama and Tennessee. And I was like, oh. Tennessee rolled them. Yeah. I mean, like, Alabama did too, but Tennessee just, I mean, it wasn't even. It, it wasn't even close. So it's kind of showing Mississippi State's true colors. Um, I think they're still a tournament hopeful just because I think they might be the step above all the crap in the SEC. Um, I kind of feel like they might have NIT written all over it. Yeah, ni- nice little NIT run um, for the dogs. Um, for sure. They, they give me Texas A&M vibes. Maybe it's just the colors. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And one final not, uh, note, you know, Florida and Texas A&M got together tonight. Um, that was a great game I saw. You might not want to circle it um, just because of you know the teams that play, but I'm circling it because Texas A&M's um, basketball program left the jerseys at the hotel and the game had to be delayed. Not ideal. That is low major activity. Buzz had to be furious. Oh, I can't even imagine. That's that. I bet you that vest was already soaked through before the game was even oh, tipped. Drenched. Unbelievable. Cal- Does he even still wear that? Do we know, or is he a quarter zip guy now? Cowabunga. <laughs> do Do you know about that? Do you know if he still no. wears that that vest or first quarter zips now? No, I do not know. And no matter how hard I think, my brain won't let me say Buzz Williams. It's just Buzz Aldrin, like the Astro. <laughs> That's all I could think about. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe it's the vest. It, it, you know what? It probably is. Um, all right. Quick look ahead. <laughs> quick look ahead on that note. Tomorrow night, I got two games to highlight. I think there's two. There's there's, I, there's five. There, there's four really good games in the schedule tomorrow night, but two of them I want to highlight. Purdue going to Ohio State. Again, Value City, you know, who knows what we're going to get out of that arena, but still a tough game for Purdue on the road. And then tomorrow night, the West Coast nightcap. We're taking it to him. Gonzaga is going to San Fran. They're playing the Dons. It's always a good game. It's on ESPN2 at 11 o'clock Eastern tomorrow night. Cannot wait for that one. I'm actually juiced. I love that game every year. It's always a close one. Um, looking at Saturday, we got a great slate on Saturday. Um, you know, Graham and I are both giddy. It's the day that we both get back to to Cincinnati, and we're going to be locking in together, watching watching some good hoops. Um, Iowa State plays TCU. That's a top 25 matchup. Xavier's on the road at Nova. Um, Kansas is at West Virginia. Never an easy game. Kansas State goes to Baylor. Can they keep that hot streak running? Um, Arkansas is going to Auburn. Um, can Auburn respond You know, with a, with a good ranked win against Arkansas? Um, UNLV's got to go to the pit, which I think is going to be a great game because I think UNLV's all right, New Mexico's toughest test this year. Um, so that's a great West Coast nightcap. And then Root Sports, here we go. Gonzaga at Santa Clara, never an easy one. A little little Southern California swing, or I guess kind of Central California swing there for, for the Zags and uh, a tough couple games there for them. Um, and then, yeah, looking into Sunday, nothing too notable. Um, <clears throat> neither with Monday of next week as well, obviously with College national college Football National Championship. Um that's going to be kind of the main focus there. Um, and then really nothing too crazy on that Tuesday either. So we'll catch up next Wednesday, but there's a really good slate next Wednesday. Um, we'll have a home game against uh, Creighton uh, for Xavier. Um, and then TCU's at Texas that night as well. UConn's at Marquette. That's a tough one. Um, 
Indiana's a Penn State. I think they're a legit team. Baylor's at West Virginia, and Alabama's at Arkansas. So a lot of really good games that next Wednesday, but that's looking too far ahead. Big thing you got to know, those couple highlighted tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, and then obviously Saturday. Um, great slate there. So, Anywho, Graham, you want to tell me, um, again, we were talking about it earlier, so we're each going to go with three teams that we love this year, that we think are, you know, deep tournament run contenders that have really proven to us um, you know that the, they've got the stuff to, to do it this year um, and then three teams that we feel are, are maybe a little bit more overrated um, so wh- where do you want to start Graham I'll let you I'll let you kind of take your pick yeah. uh, which side do you want to start with um, so you know talk about um, teams that I don't think are being talked about I went extremely under the radar um, okay. you know we got like some bottom feeders of the AP poll um, and what my first team I want to talk about is uh, Charleston. Charleston started the season uh, on a road game to North Carolina. Um, this was before we, you know, thought that North Carolina would have five losses. Um, right. At the time, this is the number one ranked team. And that's what the gym probably felt like, you know. The, the sense of emotions that um, a small Charleston team had to go into. Um, you know, you're playing just preseason All-Americans all around. Like, I'm sure, like, the energy was buzzing. Um, and, you know, they put up a solid fight, and then after that, they did not look back. Um, they have now won um, all, all of their games after that. They're on a 13-game uh, win streak. Um, and while um, they are in a small conference um, in the Colonial their at-large bid are is probably very small. They probably need some things to happen come Selection Sunday. Um, but I just think that they just are a very well-run uh, machine. You know, they play fast. They play efficient. They limit their turnovers. Um, their, their defense is a little bit concerning, you know, especially coming from a small conference. You know, their games are in, in the shootouts. Um, but I just really riding this train that Charleston um I think a lot of teams would be concerned you know when they pop up in like the 9 to 12 range um like that would definitely not be a team that I'd want to play round one um if I if I was a heavy hitter I'm I'm sure that'll be one of those mid-majors that's criminally underrated by the you know come tournament time they're gonna give them like a you know, a, a seven or an eight seed, and you're just like, oh, great. Yeah, you know, very. You're the one of the two. You're the one of the two seed that draws that second round matchup. You're like, awesome. Like, this is sweet. Yeah, it's, it's very, like, uh, Loyola Chicago esque. Yeah, Loyola Chicago. Remember that, that Buffalo like they team won't... from a few years ago? Yeah. Um, like, Nate but... Oates, when, when, like, they played Arizona in the second round and beat them by, like, 30. And it was like, well, yeah, because they're a six seed and they should be a four. You yeah. Know? Statistically, like, um, they're going to have, like, one feature in a, a lot of teams. Like, Lowell Chicago had, like, the crazy offenses. I think Charleston's just going to put something together, and it's, you might, like, raise your eyes and be like, oh, yeah, this team might be better than they are. But, you know, people are hesitant to pick them. It's a small school, small conference. They probably won't have a signature win all year. Um, but I, I just think that their dominance um, this early on in the season is very rare. Um Usually these smaller schools that um, build a winning streak, you might get ranked towards the middle of the season, end of the season. You know, they go like 7-4 and four, uh, in non-conference. And the fact that Charleston was able to, you know, 
regroup after their second game of the season where they you know played the number one team in the nation to then go on this unbelievable run extremely high on them moving on to pit um i was riding the pit train for a little bit at that yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sorry Let's go stars. yeah and um the and then you know right after christmas break they beat ranked north carolina and ranked virginia and I just think that they they just have a very good, well-rounded team. Um, you know, they get their points from a lot of different players. They're deep. They play a lot of guys. Um, and just on both sides of the ball, you know, they, they show signs. Um, they're in the top 70 on how their opponents are shooting every night. And they're getting efficient on offense, knocking down the shots that matter. They get a lot of shots up. Um, I think this pit team, now that they've gotten those big wins, now you can kind of just like get your feet wet and try to secure top of the top of the ACC, which I think is wide open. I don't think that the ACC has a team right now, and I also don't think that there's like a structured hierarchy. There's really bad at the bottom with Florida State and Louisville, and then there's just a kind of a toss-up almost every night on all these like middle-of-the-pack games. And I think Pitt has the signature wins. They're going to have this little boost going into these games that I could see Pitt you know, sneaking up the top 15 um, the next couple weeks. Yep. Um, all right, give us your last one. Uh, the last one, um, I was super hot, uh, excited that TCU is able to beat uh, Texas Tech following um, uh, or Texas Tech and Baylor. Um, and they have a big game coming up against Texas, and I'm not extremely high on Texas due to the fact that they don't have their coach. I think that makes a huge difference. Um, sure. Texas, uh, TCU has been underrated this entire year. Um, Evan was extremely high on them going into the season. They took a bad loss um, early uh, to Northwestern was Ar- State. Was that was Arkansas peanut butter, right? Um, no. Or was it? They no. They escaped Arkansas peanut butter and then they lost. Yeah, to on opening night, State. That's right. Northwestern State. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I think that Jamie Dixon is an unbelievable coach. Uh, TCU is very fun to watch. They get, um, you know, some scoring from all over. Mike Miles is absolutely unbelievable. Um, Dude, they play so fast. Like, yeah. I watched – this was the, – the Baylor game tonight was the first time that I, like, really sat down and watched their team this year. Holy cow. I mean, Baylor would – the ball would be out of the hoop, and, the you know, the ESPN cameras would turn, and TCU was already inside the three-point line on the other side of the field – or on the other side of the court. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think Mike Miles is one of the best players in the nation. And I think when you're um, in a tough conference, like Big 12, where there's going to be a lot of neck-and-neck games, you know, depending on uh, who's home and who's away, you need a closer. And I think many teams, um, that when you want to set yourself above the rest, need a guy who can take the big shot and you can trust down the stretch. And I think TCU has that in Mike Miles. He's an absolute game changer, and I think they just have a great, well-rounded team right now uh, with a lot of upside um, heading into the bulk of the Big 12 season. 
Yeah, I love that, and I totally agree. I think Mike Miles really showed that tonight. Um, for those that did that did catch that game against Baylor, um, he hit a three uh, to tie. I think it was to tie or, or take the lead by one late, like less than 30 seconds to go. Um, and then he had, and then on the next possession to win it, um, he had like a a ridiculous like he drew two defenders and then pitched it wide open shot for uh, for O'Bannon in the corner. So yeah, just a lot of really good stuff out of Mike Miles and out of TCU. So totally agree. A couple of teams that I think are legit and uh, and you know maybe a little bit underrated right now. I'm riding with Arizona just like you. I think they're you know my number one team in the country up there with uh with kansas and, and still purdue i think obviously purdue taking a tough loss to records but i still think they're a very good team but i put arizona in that conversation of almost a you know a, a definite elite eight final four type team right now um they're so legit tommy lloyd what he's done is unbelievable um his win percentage since he's taken over is, is so ridiculous um and yeah i just i really like their play style i think they're very sound all all across the board um and I don't really see anyone outside of UCLA, and obviously, you know, circle those Arizona UCLA games on your calendar right now. Um, outside of outside of that, you know, UCLA, I don't see anyone giving them a real, real tough test um, in in conference. So I think that's going to be pretty awesome. Very excited um, to see, you know, what what Arizona has to bring. Um, <clears throat> I think Alabama is another team that I think's you know, I know it's kind of easy to say they're, you know, they're better than people think. Um, but I, I think Brandon Miller can can score with anyone. I and Nate Oates to me is one of the few coaches, um, you know, that I've actually seen that almost I don't want to say breaks the argument, but it's like the whole like, oh, you know, if you you know don't worry too much about the defense if no one can score with us. And usually, you know, come tournament time you're like, oh no, defense wins championships like that's why you see, you know, usually really highly rated defensive teams, you know, make it deep in the tournament. But I don't know, man. I <laughs> Alabama's putting up points like nobody's business, and I think they've got so many good playmakers um, on their team. I, I thought the same thing. I, they remind me a lot of that Arkansas team last year. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot out of that Alabama team. Um, and, and then I'm going to continue to ride. <clears throat> I'm going to continue to ride, excuse me, um, you know, with uh, with Virginia, I think they're kind of falling out of everyone's focus a little bit. Um, they've taken a couple tough losses, but I believe in Tony Bennett, man. I think they're they're going to get things, uh, you know, settled here really quickly. Um, and they got a, a fairly easy schedule coming up, um, so I think it, they'll they'll get things rolling before uh, before they play Duke um, in in mid February, and that'll be a, another really good test. Um, for them, but again, no, no slouchy games either. They still got to play NC State in there, who rolled Duke tonight. Um, they're at Virginia Tech. That's never an easy one. You know, Wake Forest, good team this year. They got to play North Carolina in that schedule. So again, no, no easy games um, by any means. But definitely think that uh, that Virginia could could really get things rolling and kind of sneak up on us come come March time. So, all right, um, turn it back to you, sir. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Virginia. Um, <laughs> you're okay. going to go contrary to me on this? I'm going contrary to you. Um, okay. Wasn't high on them in the early season um, and preseason, and my opinion has not changed. Okay. Um, okay. I think that um, that they they were blessed um, 
with a true ACC, um, you know, schedule. They played a lot of really crappy teams and farmed the wins. Um, and then, you know, they played Baylor, and I'm not that high on Baylor, but they played them very well at the time. Uh, this was a top-ranked Baylor early in the season. Um, a lot of forward momentum after uh, the last few years just being absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, and then they farm the wins. They play Houston, um, the best test all year. Houston, that was a great game, by the way. Yeah, Houston just showed down the stretch that they're a better team. Um, and then you play Miami right after that. Miami's a solid team, you know, upper half of the ACC, hungry, trying to get a big win. Um, and you just crumble. You can't put the game away. Um, and then, you know, they play Albany and Georgia Tech, which, I mean, <laughs> Georgia Tech got a big win, so maybe maybe they are better than they think, but people think, but they were 0-3 at the time in big play. And then they play a Pittsburgh team who was hot, and again, this is another game that they just weren't able to put away. Um, I think that if you want to be considered above the best, it's rising to the occasion in all types of games. And finishing down the stretch, um, I I think that this Virginia team um, lacks a guy. And usually the good um, good Virginia teams the past like uh, seven eight years they've had you know well rounded you know scoring by committee and playing great team defense. Well, they did have the the guy there for a little bit, Tyler guy. Oh yeah, guy. Okay. Um, but. <laughs> You know, to add on to that, I just think that you just have to have like a shot creator, um, you know, someone who's going to bring everything to the table. And right now, I feel like they lack that. Um, I think scoring by committee doesn't win you championships. Um, and I just think, you know, combined with that and their inability to close out big games, it's two reasons why I'm not um, that high on Virginia. Um, to go on, uh, you know, feels a little bad to say being a Columbus boy, but I think Ohio State is criminally overrated. Um, they have a good opportunity to prove me wrong tomorrow night, uh, when Purdue comes to town. Um, but I think, you know, Purdue off a loss is just gonna take care of business as soon as they get into the building. Um, but you move on. I think that Ohio State is one of the best offenses in the country. Um, but I think that's kind of a marginalized number uh, based on who they have played. They've played some very inferior opponents. Um, and their wins are big, and I feel like that's boosting their offense and boosting their ratings. Um, but I just don't think that they can guard the ball at all. Um I've watched a few of their games you know, here and there, and I think that they're just filled with guys like Thornton and McNeil and Tanner Holden and um, Bryce Sensabaugh, just great offensive talents that are, you know, stuff of the stat sheet kind of farming the, these lower quality teams, and they just cannot play defense at all. Um, yeah, uh, I, I pulled it up just because I was curious as to how bad it actually was. And they're second <laughs> in offense. Second in offense, sixty sixth in defense, 
similar situation to how Xavier in the country. Yeah. Um, similar situation to how, um, Xavier is right now. Um, you know, we're the ninth best team in the country on offense, 82nd in defense, not what you want to see at all. Um, but Ohio state is getting way less possessions, um, than us. Um, and I feel like that has a smaller sample size right now because their tempo is so low. Um, their tempo is 216th in the country. Um, so they're just like farming good quality shots. I think that um, while they are talented and they are going to make a splash in the Big Ten, I don't believe that they're one of the top teams. Um, but they, again, they have a great opportunity on um, Thursday when uh, Purdue comes to town off a loss. To add on, uh, one more team that I don't think is that legit is um, Indiana. I think Indiana looks really good against us because Zed, uh, not Zed Key, that's Ohio State. Trace Jackson Davis has done uh, an unbelievable job, but I don't think that he's the type of guy that you could turn on. Um, I think that the way he gets his points um, can be stopped. Um, very, very similar to, um, oh, what's his name from Ohio State? EJ Liddell. EJ Liddell. Yep. Yeah, I think that um, once we get to the bulk of the season, and you know you have to play the Greg Guards, the Painters, um, the Izzos, Juwan Howard. I'd even throw Chris Holtman in there. Kevin Willard, when you play better coaches night in and night out, they're going to have more and more schemes for you. And I think Indiana all, all with really good bigs, too. Like, all yeah. those Big Ten teams you just named have phenomenal bigs. Like, some of the best in the country. Right. And I think that um, Indiana's going to have a hard time just because of how... Um, how uh, prominent their big men are in their plays and just their flow of the game. I think that they're going to have a hard time relying on guys like Xavier Johnson to take over games um, when everything that they run through is their big men, who I I don't think are going to be able to be um, the guy night in and night out. I think this Indiana team is very similar to what we saw last year, and they're going to take it to some big games, you know, when Trace does well, or maybe you get like a sneaky 20 points or more from Xavier Johnson like we saw in the Xavier game. Um but I, I just don't think that night in, night out, they're going to be able to be a top team in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And that's going to drop you very quickly in the uh, rankings, you know, when we're looking at a 20 and 10 team as opposed to the 10 and 3 team that we're seeing right now. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you kind of saw that example with the Kansas game. Obviously, you had to go on the road to Kansas, which is never an easy task for, for any team. But, um, but yeah, you go in there and, and Bill Self has some sort of scheme to, to shut down Chris Jackson Davis when Kansas's most prominent big man is six eight on a good day, um, and KJ Adams and he's a very athletic, very physical guy, obviously. But um, you know that's that's that was a matchup that I think a lot of people liked for Trace Jackson Davis to have a good game, um, and he really wasn't able to to exploit that. So um, yeah, really good points there. A um, couple teams I think are a little bit overrated, and this might be a little you know a little bit of recency bias. Give me UConn right off the top. I think they got Whoa. rolled tonight by Providence, and, and that's not just because of the Zave game. I, they gave us a very good game in Cincinnati, and I do think they're a good team. Um, they got rolled tonight at Providence, and, and I don't know if they just need a, you know, they need a hard reset or whatever. But 
I feel that they're going to have a very difficult time playing two or three times a week these really, really, like, solid, not amazing, you know, Big East teams, but the Marquettes and the and the Providences and the Creightons and, you know, teams like that, Villanova. Like, having to play those teams, you know, multiple nights a week is not easy, and we've seen that. And Xavier will get to that point in the schedule, you know, where they have a – they'll drop a couple of those games. That'll be frustrating, but I just think it's – I think everybody got on the UConn hype train a little bit too quickly this year. Adama Sonogo's kind of been, you know, in and out of, of being as, as good as he was kind of expected. Um, I think they'll be fine. Like, I think they're still going to be a good team. Still going to be a top 15 probably team in the country. But I do think they come down from that pedestal a little bit. Um, number two, give me Wisconsin. Um, I, I don't know. They beat a Maryland team that has clearly shown that they're not incredible. Um, they gave Kansas a run. You know, woohoo. Um, you know, and that's that's on the second game of a of you know two games in two days type situation there. Um, they beat Marquette in overtime. Not super shocked by that. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't. They they beat Iowa in over. I don't know. I just haven't seen anything from this team that I'm like, oh yeah, this team's really good. Like yeah, they beat Maryland when they were 13th in the country. Maryland's lost five straight, so I, you know, I, I'm not all that impressed yet with Wisconsin. I think they've got some good pieces, but I don't know. I mean, once you get to the, you know, you're at Illinois next, you got Michigan State, and then you're at Indiana. You know, if they go better than 500 in that, or if they if they if they get two wins out of those three, I personally I would be surprised. So, um, out on the Badgers right now, and then my final one. Um, yeah, give me. Uh, you know, but I'm kind of between Baylor and Baylor and Missouri. You know, I'll go contrary to you on Missouri just for the sake of the debate. Um, I promise this isn't a Kansas thing. I just I don't think you know they lost they, the second loss of the season tonight to Arkansas, who I do think is a very good team, and I do think that Arkansas team is better. Um, but but I don't know. I, I think I think they'll be okay. I think they'll make the tournament, which will be awesome. You know, good for Missouri the Missouri program. Awesome for Dennis Gates to get moving things moving in the right direction for him. Um, but, but I just don't see, you know, any, anything, you know, monumental or, you know, I, I don't see them competing for that SEC title come the end of the season. I think that's more of a, an Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee type conversation this year. So, um, those are my three. Um, but again, you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, we both had some bold takes early on in the season that, have, you know, already by mid season proven to be completely wrong. So, you know, very excited to see how the how the season continues on. And yeah, like I said tonight, I mean, I sat down and watched college basketball for five hours uninterrupted, just switching between games, and uh, and I loved it. I I felt you know like we're we're truly back and we're getting in the flow of conference play, and uh, have really enjoyed it. So anyway, all right, let's wrap it with the Musketeer minute. Um, obviously, got a great win at St. John's last week, um, but but the big headline, of course. Um, is going to be, you know, in, in the takeaway with uh, with Hannon, the number two team in the country, um, their first loss of the season in UConn. Um, Graham, big takeaways from that game. Obviously, you're in the house. Um, let me know how was the energy. Um, did you feel it from the start? Was it something that, you know, you felt like, you know, they were going to give them a run from the start, or was it a little bit more, you know, as the as the game went on, you kind of found, oh, hey, this, you know, we might really be able to pull this off. What, what, what was the thoughts inside uh, inside Sintas that day? Yeah, um, you know, you, you kind of just, like, get settled in, and you're just, like, hoping for a good game, and you're confident that, you know, the team that is going out to compete for Xavier 
will be enough. You know, the Edge won past a really talented, hot team, you know, undefeated at the time. And we came out very, very strong. Um, I think that this team is so different when um, either Zach or Jack, sometimes both if we're really lucky, are just, you know, getting their touch in. Um, you know, Zach had, a, like, a very, very quick, like, 10 points. Yeah, he had, um, he had 11 in the first, like, before the first media timeout. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like, what? Just very, very strong um, to get in and, you know, just play that well. Um, and then I think, you know, once, like, the, the energy of the crowd, like, kind of, you know, settles in, even when you're on a run, UConn hit some big shots, you know, they show why they're an undefeated team. It was a really gutsy win you know going back and forth i thought we got a lot of good things from everyone um even adam you know who, who wasn't scoring that well um and sule was not um shooting that well either they still played fantastic and and i think it was good to see sule have a little bit of an off night in scoring and see how he responded because that i mean the guy couldn't couldn't miss coming into this game he was playing some unbelievable offensive basketball so it's good to see that he could still have a very significant you know role and contribute significantly um even without the ball going in the hoop as much yeah um and then you know obviously cannot talk about the yukon game without talking about jerome hunter um absolutely unbelievable unbelievable. every 50 50 ball um it was either going to be jerome's ball or he was going to fight um, until UConn was dribbling down the court. Like, he was unbelievable, great energy boost. Every single time he subbed out, either, even if it was just for, like, 30 seconds, just for, like, some offense-defense stuff towards the end of the game, um, when, you know, the PA's saying, um, Jerome Hunter, the entire crowd was clapping, cheering um, towards the end of the game after, you know, a big and one or big offensive rebound, you know, People were getting on their feet for him. Um, I think that is great um, for a guy like him because usually when you're like the sixth, seventh man on a team, you're never going to get a standing ovation unless you like get crazy hot. And the fact that he's getting a standing ovation and positive run in the media for being a role guy and doing his job, like that's just that positive affirmation that all teams need. He looked unbelievable. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway from the game is when you play a good team um, and, you know, you're in a close game, there's two very important things. It's like how you come out uh, at the tip and how you finish the game. And we came out, punched UConn in the mouth, got quick buckets, played very fairly well defensively. Um, and then at the end of the game, we're headed into the last war at 71-71, with just under four minutes left, I think it was 351, and we ended up winning that war by 12 or 13 points. Absolutely. Which was un- awesome. Unbelievable. Um, and, you know, we're kind of seeing, you know, UConn, once they get into the throws of Big E season, um, you know, dropping a game to Providence. Bryce Hopkins almost had 30 points on their head. You know, you kind of, like, as you talked about, figured UConn might not be as legit. You know, you kind of start to raise some eyebrows, but nonetheless, that was an undefeated team, um, second in the nation, and to absolutely take it to them from the start, piece together a little bit, come back late in the second half, enter the final war tide, and then just absolutely be the better team on the court in the last four minutes 
was unbelievable to be a part of in that arena. It was popping. Um, love that, you know, in a game where we have half the student section, the crowd still felt like it was like the Indiana game, if not love louder. Um, I think there's a lot of positive uh, trajectory for the Xavier Musketeers right now. Um, we talked about a couple weeks ago that, you know, Xavier's doing well, taking care of business, you did being West Virginia, getting some good wins early in the Big East. Uh, when we were playing some smaller opponents, you know, we just looked really good and starting to get put together, but we didn't have that statement win. Um, and now we do. Um, even though it's at home, Sintas gives a good advantage. It's still number two undefeated team in the nation. I also love that it was the noon game on a Saturday. Bowl games haven't started yet, but, you're, you know, it's still the game of the week on Fox. Um, that was great for um, putting our name out there and showing that, you know, we're not just the team that, oh, they're solid but can't hang with the big guys. You know, we took it to the, the biggest guy, um, and we just looked unbelievable. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think, obviously, like we were talking about earlier, you know, getting that statement win was something we had struggled to do in the non-con, and then we finally did it. So very excited to see the Musketeers pull it away. Um, up next is Nova on the road on Saturday. That's going to be a tough matchup. I don't care what people say about Nova, maybe not playing their best so far this season. Nova's still Nova, and it's a tough road game no matter what. Um, then we come home and play Creighton, which I just don't even know what to think about them right now. But I still think they're talented. I still think the pieces are there. Um, and then we follow that up with the with the home game in Marquette. So, again, you know, we kind of talked about it earlier, but this stretch, starting with the UConn game through the Marquette game, I think is going to show us a lot about this team and and you know how how tough they really are and and they got to play three really tough games in eight in an eight day stretch you know right as you know semester starting back up and you're getting back into going into you know classes and there's just a lot going on so i think these these players are gonna have to really pull together and play some really good basketball in these next next couple weeks so very excited to see you know how we can follow up such a great win last week um as we as we move into this kind of early part of the the conference season so any other final takeaways, G? Yeah, and looking ahead, I think this Villanova game is extremely important. Um, since we joined the Big East, um, we've had our troubles um, at the Pavilion. I think that game is so important because it's going to really set the tone for how we want to approach uh, Creighton and Marquette. Um, Creighton and Marquette are two teams that I'm extremely high on in the Big East. Um, I think that they've looked really good. Um, Creighton while they had you know that really rough skid i still think that they are a very talented unbelievable team and all they need you know to get their buzz back you know um this was the first week that they were receiving votes again after a while um while it was very few they still got one or less than five i think what they are looking at right now um with some big teams dropping some games um you know, undefeated New Mexico losing, North Carolina losing, you know, kind of the bottom feeders. If Ohio State loses to Purdue, what they, what their mindset going into this game is like, where statement went away from getting back to where we need to be. Right. And, you know, we take care of business at Villanova. Some of these top teams, you know, kind of start to shake up, you know, uh, Virginia losing, um, Miami, Florida losing, you know, more spots are going to open up. We might be looking at a top 15 Xavier game um, playing a team that is extremely talented, able to win, able to compete, 
that all they need is that statement win, I mean, that's going to be a very tough game on a Wednesday night. And then looking forward, even after that, Marquette is kind of in a similar role. Like, they've kind of dropped some games um, in the Big East, and they didn't finish conference play extremely strong, but they still looked really good for a while in non-con. And I think that they're going to be in a similar boat come um, the following Saturday that, hey, we need a win. Um, No matter what happens in the Villanova game, Creighton... Creighton Xavier get together, we get a huge win, we're looking even better, or we get a loss, and it's like, okay, like this is our time to strike on a team that might be down. Creighton and Marquette are right. going to be extremely hungry. Villanova's always hard to play at the Pavilion. Um, while they haven't, haven't been doing their best, nothing would make them happier than um, you know, keeping that streak alive and we're not able to uh, compete on the road at Villanova. Um, I'm looking forward to the next few games. I think this is like season defining time. Um, I agree. I think we I think we learn a lot about the team's medal here in the next couple weeks. Because I feel like the UConn game, it was like we we were just waiting for that statement win. You know, we dropped games. That was kind of like the flood. That was like the floodgates opening a little bit. Yeah, like we dropped games early on in the season that we fans media thought that we would have a better chance in maybe even pull out a win in those three losses. And the UConn game kind of just gave you assurance, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're solid, like, we can move. But now playing Villanova on the road, playing two hungry teams the following week, this is where um, the team, the fan base, and the media could strap in and be like, okay, this Xavier team is legit. And now, I, I mean, you go 3-0, and teams take care of themselves, we could be looking at a top 10, you know, for the first time for sure. since 2017. Sure. So... Really looking forward to the next few days. Um, you know, getting back on campus, watching a lot of good college basketball in the next few days. Um, it's been great talking with you guys. Uh, we're all doing well. Um, and you know, on a serious note, final prayers to Demar Hamlin. Um, I've been like, I'm not a huge football guy, but you know, I lock in once my Steelers are playing well again. And um, just you know, seeing all the stories about him off the field coach Tomlin Steelers coach um, has known him since he was in middle school and to hear like wow. how great of a guy that he is he has a toy drive that uh, he had a goal of less than 3,000 and it's like getting close to 4 million right now um, well I think we're up over 7 now coach oh wow yeah I checked it like, yesterday it's unbelievable yeah it's unbelievable and what's very you know sad that it has to come to something as traumatic like this but it has been very beautiful to see almost the entire media, almost every fan of every team, even Bagels fans that were winning a very pivotal game, have kind of dropped everything about the game and have just been giving their support um, for Hamlin, his family, all of Bill's Mafia, and really anyone who's ever played football or had any relation to the sport, uh, everyone's come together, so it's been beautiful to see. Um, on a positive note, um, really looking forward again getting back to campus, watching more college basketball, immersing myself in Xavier basketball again. Um, we hope everyone had a great time uh, listening to this quick hour recap. Uh, the first part of 2023, there's many more to go. Yes, um, yes. Happy New Year. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. So with that being said, I hope everyone has a great uh, rest of their season. We're halfway through. Um, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. Cheers.
Cheers.